Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Ryan. Welcome to episode 13 of the Life Autistic Podcast. Uh, today I am featuring a conversation with Samantha Dirk who is from Alberta, Canada. Um, She's, I think, 30 and just uh, um, been going through this uh, discovery process of realizing she was autistic about two years ago. Um, We had a really cool conversation. Um, I was really happy to have her on. And uh, we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. Um, Tony Atwood and... uh, his uh, Asperger's and girls video, just some of the differences in uh, boys and girls growing up with Asperger's and and, uh, autism and how they can present differently and um, how uh, a lot of times uh, girls can go undiagnosed longer than boys can for that reason. Uh, We talked a little bit about autism acceptance in the community, her experiences growing up, um, functioning labels and other issues within the autism community and uh yeah just uh how she's living her life and um how it's working out for her and everything she's been discovering and learning over the last couple years so uh i hope you enjoy this conversation i really enjoyed talking to her and uh yeah this is episode 13 so thank you so tune in right now it's uh my conversation with samantha dirk uh about living the life autistic here we go Um, and there we go. Okay, we're recording. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Samantha, welcome and thank you for uh, 
joining me on the uh, Life Autistic Podcast. Yeah, no problem. So, um, I don't know, do you want to tell us, everyone, a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. So, um, I'm 30. I just sort of started in the past probably two years sorting out kind of my life in terms of how like autism plays into it and going through diagnostic process similar to kind of how you're going through yours now and just learning a lot about the neurodiverse community and uh all of the all of the challenges everybody's facing and how different everybody is so Yeah. yeah it's been really really interesting past two years yeah that's yeah i think we're we're probably it sounds like on sort of a similar timeline because i'm yeah just about a year and a half ago i i started really kind of digging into this stuff and going what the hell's going on with my brain let me try to figure this out you know um yeah for me it was really triggered by like a issues in my relationship that that just seemed to be a, a lot of problems and and then i and, and, and work problems and all this stuff. And I just kind of went, okay, I just have to really get to the bottom of this. Um, what, what, what were the things for you that, that, that led you down that path of discovery? Like, did, I know for me, it was like I, a few articles I read here and there where I'd sort of, I read a, I remember, oh God, like 15 years ago, I read this article written by somebody with Asperger's and I just went, I my jaw dropped and I just went I could have written that like this is insane you know but it took me another 15 years to like really get into it yeah yeah I'm actually so I'm kind of similar but for me like my my sister who's probably one of the the closer people to me who like knows me the best she was like yeah I think like I think you might have asked like you might have Asperger's like you might be autistic but that was like that would have been like 10 years ago and so I read I read into like what the traits were like and I was like, ah, oh, you know, that doesn't really sound like me. Yeah. But then about two years ago, I looked into it from the women's side, yes. like from specifically women's traits. And I was like, that's my life. Yeah. Literally me. Like I watched a video. Um, oh, now I can't remember his name. I have it on my phone. Um, there's a psychologist and he specifically works with um, like he's a specialist in autism and he, oh, Dr. Tony Atwood. He, oh yeah, Tony Atwood. Yeah, yeah, he wrote some. He wrote some books, but he has a video also on YouTube that's specifically. It's like a lecture, but he's specifically talking about Aspergers in girls, and okay. it was like, like listening to him talk about my life, pretty much. So yeah. that was like, that was super interesting yeah. for me. And that's that's one of the things I think we were we were talking a bit back and forth on a messaging about this and that's one of the I I mean I've been I'm only about maybe 12 or so episodes into this podcast and you're the first woman that I've talked to and and it and it's it's interesting like some of the things I've read like I read a book um I think it was called Aspergirls and and just on my read list yeah and like and like some of the articles I've read and things just seeing like how the traits can present differently in women and um I was just looking at something this morning that was talking about women women with Asperger's tend to go undiagnosed longer than men do um because the traits the traits can can 
like for whatever reason, um, women can they, they can like mask better or their traits stay hidden longer or they they just kind of manifest in different ways that aren't aren't maybe as noticed. Um, I don't know. Do you do you have any thoughts yeah, towards absolutely. that, like in the research you've done or your own experience? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with like, I mean, when um, like the man who I guess came up with the term Asperger's syndrome, um, he was studying boys and all okay. of the study of autism was always in male subjects. It was always in boys, always in men. Yeah. And they didn't even really look into women because I mean, at the time, if you were just looking at the surface, like boys with more severe traits, they would be the ones that you would recognize immediately so they're like well these are the boys we need to be studying yeah and they wouldn't be looking into girls at the same time so a lot of information about girls wasn't really coming out until like the 90s and the yeah. 2000s so it's yeah. very very new on the women's side of things yeah so it's it's not surprising that women aren't being diagnosed as quickly because a lot of our traits like a lot of it does have to do with masking and yeah. um and just sort of trying to blend in at more of a higher degree. Yeah. Um, I did read some very interesting um, articles, and one of them was talking about how women with autism have very similar to um, the same amount of brain activity um, when they're socializing as a neurotypical male does. So oh. they're still not like quite as socially active when like in their brain activity as a neurotypical female okay but they're they're very similar to a neurotypical male so huh. it makes sense that a lot a lot of women go undiagnosed yeah that's interesting now do you have like looking back this is a question i always like to talk with people about is people that are you know come to a this later in life like when you look back on your childhood and your teenage years like what do you do you what experiences do you see there that you know kind of are, are maybe unique to to being autistic or or things that you look back on and go oh I know for me like I look back on things and I just like certain things just make so much more sense now um can you talk a bit about that like your childhood experience or your teenage years or um, yeah, so I mean, I was very fortunate, like I didn't go through any bullying or anything like that, very fortunate. Um, but now, knowing what I know about myself, looking back, um, in that Tony Atwood, in that um, video, he talks about how women present their, their special interests differently. Okay. So it's like, he, I think he says something about like, girls really want to fit in. So they look at what the other girls are doing. Yeah. And they make and they bring that on as a special interest. So it's like, well, if she has, if she really likes Barbies, I'm gonna have a hundred Barbies. Yeah. And for me, I would I would do little things like that. So okay. I remember it was like in the '90s when the little like butterfly clips were in, and someone would wear like little butterfly clips yeah. just like do up here, and I'd wear like twelve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone would be like, <laughs> "Why are you, why is your why do you wear your hair like that?" And it's like, well they're cool. So yeah. don't you like me more because of it? And it was yeah. like, it didn't click. And at the time I didn't realize that that was not like, I, I hit, I missed the mark. Yeah. Well, Hey, yeah. It, it, and, if two is cool, then 12 is really cool. Exactly. It's six times as cool, but yeah. it, just, it didn't work that way. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, once you get 
that was kind of when I was quite young and then getting older into my teenage years, I realized my efforts aren't working, screw this. And I went on a whole like opposite, like not even trying to fit in, like just do my own thing. And that's another thing that apparently a lot of girls go through. They go through a phase of like dressing really different, chopping all their hair off. Like that's super common apparently. So did that as well. That's interesting. Yeah. I like, I have this weird thing and I'm, I I want to look into this more, but there's like, I've read a little bit about, there's like a small subset of autistic males who actually tend to have more of the traits that are common in autistic females. And okay. like some of the stuff I've read about that, I've just kind of been like, huh? Like, cause uh, it's weird. Like I sort of feel like in some ways for me, that was made a lot of sense when I was like a a child like some of the stuff you're talking about I'm just like it sounds very um uh similar and I remember even being a kid I used to like or when I was a teenager like I used to be really um um like I'd have a lot of female friends too you know like I I'd be happy sometimes hanging out with like 10 girls and me and it'd be totally normal it'd just be like I don't know just for whatever reason but anyway, that's something I want to look more into. I've just kind of been reading a little bit about that, the small subset. So your teenage years, you got you got weird. You started yeah. being more unique. and Yeah, and then I just sort of leveled out. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. got it out of my system. And... Yeah. yeah, it's hard to say now. Like now I would say I don't really, like I, I feel like I would, be like masking at work I work in a very like I work with a lot of people and okay. um, being social is part of my job which does not come naturally to me so I kind of have to make it up as I go um so now I think a lot of the problems I face are just social exhaustion yeah being very tired from masking all day and that's really like like I don't really feel like I'm altering my personality that much but I'm just like I'm amplifying it yeah. in a way I wouldn't naturally want to yeah this is the part this is the part where I say, Well, you don't seem autistic. You seem very yeah. social. You seem to be I don't I don't see anything there, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the half of the conversations I like to have with people throughout yeah. the day. Yeah, exactly. It's actually super interesting right now with um so I'm a hairstylist, so every day I wear I wear the uh, face mask and my yeah. client wears face masks okay. and everybody's complaining like, Well, I have such a hard time. They're telling me that it's such a hard time um, reading facial expressions, and I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I was like, like, I have Asperger's, I have autism, and that's, like, every day of my life, so this yeah. is actually, it's such a good opportunity for people who don't understand huh. what that's like, yeah. to kind of, they, they're literally experiencing not being able to read those facial cues, which I've never, never been good at, if you're not, like, if you're not laughing or crying, I don't know. There's no, there's nothing in between. Yeah. You just look bored. So it's really interesting. A lot of people are like, man, I can't. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. It's really weird, though. Huh. That's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. But, yeah, that's true. It's like, welcome to our world. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. where, where there is no, yeah, where we just can't read it. And, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like, I, I was talking to my... Um, uh psychotherapist about this the other day and, and and we were talking about that and he was asking me like how i am with like facial expressions and stuff and it's like you just said i'm like it's like on a scale of one to ten if it's like a seven or eight and up then i can read it if it's like blatantly clear 
crying or angry, then I can read it. But from like a seven down, I just don't, I don't see it. It's like, you know, or I like, I'll be talking to people and like their facial expression will change and I have to stop the conversation and be like, hang on a second, your face just changed. Does that mean anything? Like, is there something there that I need to know about? Cause I don't, I saw that it changed, but I don't know what it meant. So can you explain that? And you get some weird looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I feel like that's pretty fair. I also feel like because I'm not really good at picking up on other people's facial expressions, I'm not, not very good at expressing with my face. Like, I don't really know. Like, I've got the, you know, the resting bitch face or whatever. But that's just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with my face. Yeah. Like, it's not a it's not instinctual for me to like make facial expressions unless it is like smiling. Right. Yeah. It only makes sense to me to smile at things that are funny or that I'm happy about. So I walk around like deadpan all day. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that too. People are like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. What what do you mean? Oh, you you look, you look like you're upset or angry or bored. And I'm like, no, I'm just not doing anything with my face right now. I guess. I don't know. How did you get into like hairstyling? Cause I feel like that's a really social thing. You got to be talking to people and like, I'm a bartender and you know, it's like the same thing. Like I, I sometimes wonder how I ended up there, but in a lot of ways it's actually been good for me because I've, it's, it's like, it sort of forces me to socialize. It, it's, it's, I have sort of like scripts that I run. Uh, so I, you know, it, I talk to a lot of people, but it's the same conversation over and over again. So I'm comfortable with it. Oh, I think, did you, I think we froze for a second there. Yeah. I'm, I'm the exact same. Like, oh, did we? Yeah. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. All right. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm the exact, exact same. Like I will pick a story or a topic of conversation and I will run that for like a month until my clients start circling back (laughs) and I'm starting to see them again. So I, yeah. yeah, I do that for sure. But yeah, hairstyling, it's not something I was like, I'm going to be a hairstylist. <clears throat> I just, uh, I sort of fell into it. Like I just, I needed a job that paid better than minimum wage. So I was like, yeah, do something else. But I was just so used to working. Like I worked retail and waitressing and like tons of social jobs. And I just thought everybody went home after work exhausted and couldn't do yeah. anything. I yeah. was like, this is just normal life for yeah. people, but it's not. Um, I'm actually, I'm not going to continue being a hairstylist. I'm actually starting some courses to finish my bachelor's degree to get more into like, you know, research or something that's more okay. in my social wheelhouse. That's not going to be so draining on me on a cool. day to day. Yeah. Yeah. That's that draining part is, is, is something like, cause I'll, I'll usually work, you know, I bartend and I'll usually work Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And then by the end of Saturday night, it's like my brain is just fried. Like it's in a frying pan. It's sizzling. I'm just trying to finish my night of work and I'm just hearing the sizzle in my head and my brain just going. Zzz. And then it's like I come home and like usually Sunday, it's like the whole day um, would could be a complete write off because it's just like there's there's just nothing left in the battery. It's got to recharge. And the only way it can do that is stillness and silence. Um, and that's, you know, it's it's tricky. Um I found like for me, like certain, uh, diet and exercise changes have helped a lot with my recovery time, but it's, it's still there. Um, and yeah, I used to think the same thing. I would just be like, doesn't everybody 
go home and just collapse for an entire day or two after doing yeah. stuff. But yeah, like isn't that normal? Isn't that normal? Um, but then you find out, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, people can they can continue to do things after. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, after, like right before COVID started, I, I actually changed my work schedule. So I only work four days a week. I'm still yeah. only working four days a week because it just, it works so well for me. Yeah. It lets me balance my life so much better. But I was working like 10 hour days. And like for me, working a 10 hour day, it may as well be working a four hour day. Like it's the exact same. Like once I'm there, I'm there. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm expelling the energy. But then I go home and I just like pass out. It doesn't matter if it's, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's four hours or 10 hours, that is a work day. All of my energy goes into that and then yeah. I'm done. So yeah. That makes that's so familiar because I I feel the same. It's like I could do yeah four or five hour shift. I could do a ten twelve hour shift. It's like that's just a work day. So everything and I don't usually start till the afternoon. So even on work days sometimes it's like I don't really get much done during the day before work because all my energy is being I'm sort of like saving it and storing it up and like building up that energy so that I can go to work use the energy there and 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 it's like yeah and. I find like, do you find this too? Like I, I find I, I'm, I'm better with working less days, even if it's longer hours. Like I'd rather work four 10 hour days than five, oh, eight hour days because I, absolutely. it just, yeah, it just takes up, like you said, it takes up the whole day. Like even if it's working a few hours, it just, nothing else is happening that day other than work really. Yeah. I'd be perfectly content working like three 12-hour days, getting 36 hours, and then just being done for the other four days of the week. Yeah, I would too. I, I've that, that would just, I feel like I'd be so much happier if, if I could do that. You know, just work the three days and then have four days of freedom. One recovery day and then three days to like, just, you know, do what I, do what I want. So, so, yeah, I, so back to like, you said like your, it was your sister that, that, first said to you hey I think you might have Asperger's or autism or uh well I mean her her exact words were I knew you were autistic before you did okay yeah <laughs> and I was like yeah okay sure sure um and yeah I mean it's not like it's not like something that I was like offended by or anything I was just like sure all right I'll yeah. look more into that and it did like it really helped especially with um with dealing like problems with depression and everything actually learning that it was like when all of your energy is going into socializing yeah and it's not really getting you anywhere and you start to get depressed from it like finding sort of like the source of that is it's very like it's very helpful yeah. like to like you don't have to be as hard on yourself almost yeah um but yeah we uh, my sister just knows she knows me better than anybody so she was like I think you might like want to look into this and that was definitely worth it so yeah and what what age were you when you started looking into it you said oh I guess so a couple years ago you said um yeah so I'd be like 28 28-ish 29-ish I don't know and then so where did you go for information like was it books was it YouTube videos was it articles online um, like I mean I started I started you know just quick google search watch some like i said that youtube video helped a ton yeah but as soon as i specifically looked into autism and women that was like kind of the deciding factor i did actually so i talked i do see uh psychiatrists from now and then and yeah. like we did talk about it and he was like like you've got tons of the traits like we could definitely do a full assessment if you wanted to and i was just like i don't need to like yeah it's 
it's not necessary for me right now. Like yeah. I don't, I don't see the benefit in having an official like on yeah. paper diagnosis when yeah. he can just say uh, you've got more than enough traits. But yeah. if you looked into like cognitive behavioral therapy focused towards autism, you'd probably start seeing some more improvements, and that's been that's been super helpful. So. Yeah. And is that what you've been doing? The cognitive behavioral therapy? Yeah. yeah. With that psychiatrist or? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry. I said with that psychiatrist or? Um, so I don't do the therapy with him. I do. I have a cognitive behavioral therapy book. Um, oh, okay. He yeah. recommended. It's called, it's called Mind Over Mood. It's, it's one of the more, um, one of the more popular ones. It's a little bit of a generalized, um, for depression and anxiety. Okay. And, very helpful actually huh. cool yeah that's interesting um I, i've seen that book before i have i have to put it on my list um and yeah anybody yeah. listening uh i will put the links to anything that samantha's talking about books and videos in the uh comments underneath when i post it on the facebook um yeah very cool so did you like were you when you started researching it and you got into it and you did you have that sort of aha moment of like, oh, this is, this is me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was that Tony Atwood video for sure. Mm. That was like, because you know, you, you read and it sort of makes sense and you're like, yeah, that like kind of makes sense. But then when you're listening to someone actually lay it out in a way that someone would be experiencing it, like yeah. on a, like a case by case basis, then it's like, yes, I completely understand. This is a hundred percent my life yeah. yeah i had that same experience with i there's this book i i probably mention it every single episode because it's like the book for me but it was it's called a very late diagnosis of asperger syndrome by philip wiley and mm-hmm. i remember like this is i don't know a year and a half ago when i started really getting into this stuff and i was googling and different books came up and that one for whatever reason i went oh this is interesting like this he was like 53 when he got his diagnosis and I ordered the book and I read it in like a couple days and it was just like every single page was, I was just going, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. This is me. This is me. This is me. This is me. Like every single page, I just read the whole book and went, oh my God. And it was like all of a sudden, all the things that I had been dealing with my whole life, like depression and anxiety and thinking like, am I bipolar? Am I this? Am I that? I've got this social anxiety. I got this sensory stuff. I've got all these other, and I, it was like, they were all separate in my brain. They were like, you know, eight or 10 separate things that I was dealing with my whole life and trying to like make sense of them all. And just thinking so many times I just thought, I guess I'm just fucking crazy. Like I, I literally thought, I think I'm a crazy person. Like, I don't know what to do with all this. And then I read this book and then I started and he was breaking down how like the depression, the anxiety, like all this stuff, like it all fits underneath that Asperger's or autism umbrella. And I just all of a sudden went, Oh, like everything makes sense now. And like you said earlier, it gave me, it gave me like, um, a really powerful opportunity to start the process of like healing and accepting myself because I've spent my whole life beating the shit out of myself for not being is able to do stuff that everyone else just looks at me and goes why can't you get your shit together why are you so irresponsible why are you this why are you that like you know why are you 
always so forgetful. Why are you, you know? And it's like, all of a sudden I went, okay, like I, I can stop. I can try to stop beating the crap out of myself and try to accept what what's going on and why it is what it is. And then start um, actually looking at systems and processes that I can put in place in my life to improve my functioning while... Yeah, like adapting around your limitations while still sort of respecting them, like not trying to suppress them, but yeah. just figuring out ways kind of like around them that you can still you know, function in life. That's a, I think that's a difficult one for a lot of people with, uh, with autism. Yeah. Have you, are there any things like that you've put in place in your own life that, that have worked for you or that have failed or that you've learned from on, along um, these lines? I don't know. I never remember the things that fail, but for me, one of the big things is making like very distinct, like, areas for particular activities throughout like my home even like okay. I cannot have overlapping spaces like my bedroom is my bedroom that is where you sleep nothing else like there's not like you don't have your computer or tv or anything else in there or yeah. it's just like it can just get so overwhelming so like isolating little areas and then also um it was funny because actually when I was reading about traits and autism it says that like schedules and routines are so important yeah. and I was like well that's not really me but yeah. then as soon as I started doing it I started feeling better so okay. I was like oh okay well I just need to stick to a routine I need to have a schedule so yeah I've got a very very like standard schedule for a basic day now and it helps a ton yeah do you have like like uh, issues with executive functioning like keeping track of schedules and times and appointments and remembering stuff or I'm actually pretty good with it like yeah um I do I do write a lot of things down I have to have everything written down and I do keep it in the calendar and if it's not in the calendar usually it's gone like yeah. there's no chance I'm gonna remember it yeah um I can be forgetful if I like I like if I need to go pick up something from like post office or something if I don't like keep the little like door tag with me I will not go get it I had to stick it to I had to stick it to the dash of my vehicle yesterday yeah. so I would remember oh my god that's like yeah I'm just laughing because I'm the same it's like if yeah. I don't if I don't keep something in front of my eyes it no longer exists and it's like if somebody moves something like if I have it sitting out on my desk or sitting out on the counter and like somebody moves it it's like it just it's gone from my world and yeah. same thing if I don't put it in the calendar and then or even like my my calendar if I put my calendar in my backpack and I forget to take it back out and look at it like this happened to me last week I missed two appointments because I had the usually my calendar I leave open on my desk so I when I get up every day, it's the first thing I look at. And then I can go, oh, what am I doing today? But I had it in my backpack and I didn't open it. And I went, did an entire day and missed a, a, two appointments, like one with my dentist and one with my uh, coach because I just, they just didn't exist. And it's just funny how it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, everybody forgets stuff, but I feel like <laughs> this is a major problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you say that because my, my calendar's open beside me right here. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so when you, like, got to this point, when you you saw this video, you, you went, okay, like, things are clicking in place and making sense for me. Um, what was the process like for you? 
for then having conversations around that with with family, with friends, with coworkers, etc. Like sort of, uh, yeah. How did that go for you? smoothly like I'd be talking to my parents about it and I was like because I actually have a, very, have a terrible memory and I would like talk to my parents and I'd try to get them to sort of tell me sort of what my childhood was like like what I was like as a kid and I was telling them what I was going through and actually it was really really sweet because my mom was like she was my sister also has she's neurodiverse she's uh, ADHD and she's uh, also doing really well now that we both are addressing these problems but my mom was saying that she felt bad she was like I really missed the mark with you guys because I thought well kids are all just different I thought you guys were just different and I was yeah. like well we are that's what it is but it was great that my parents were never like they were never trying really hard to make us quote-unquote normal right yeah. so yeah. that was I was like that's pretty pretty standard pretty standard mom she just thought we were special little special little beings she That's would have cool. us no other way so yeah i mean my parents my parents were really like yeah that makes sense and they didn't really doesn't really affect them past that and then my sister of course she was like well obviously i thought you had that yeah and work was like just supportive they're like let us know if you need anything which i don't really need much from them yeah so it was like yeah cool but it was very smooth for me i've heard some very i've heard some people have had some very rough transitions a lot of difficulty getting the help they need and i've been very fortunate to to be able to progress through things without really needing a lot of resistance yeah it's been it's been good for me oh that's awesome to hear that's awesome to hear have you had any um like have you had any changes in your behavior as far as like um things you might have suppressed before that you're now letting out like like stimming or anything like that or just sort of being more on top of um noticing when you're getting overwhelmed and being able to create boundaries for yourself and things like that Hmm. um kind of look my stims are very they're very under the radar i feel like for a lot of women our stims are like we do things that are not really noticeable like i'll I'll just sort of like play with my with my fingers sort of like underneath the desk or something or i'll like chew on my tongue like things you never you would never notice so i haven't really had to change that because it just it stayed the same yeah um i think the big changes for me just came from my own like my own use of time when i'm not at work or out in public and recognizing that if I overschedule myself or if I like book too many things in a week, I'm going to burn out. Yeah. Recognizing that that is not a possibility, but an inevitability was like massive for me just to know I cannot schedule 10 things in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Will not work out for me. Huh? (laughs) Yeah. That sounds familiar too. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like just do one thing today. Just do one thing. <laughs> yeah. Pick one thing. Do it. Get it done. Hmm. Now, what about like uh, socially, like with your friends? Have you have you? Uh, how's that experience been? Or do they know? Are you out with them? Or oh yeah. Um. Again, I I feel like I might. I'm not really much to 
struggle with these things because I've been very fortunate. I, I grew up in a small town. All of my friends I have known since kindergarten. Yeah. Except for one of my friends, she joined our little group in like high school. So all of my friends, they are very aware of like just who I am as a person. They're aware of my behaviors, my communication patterns. Yeah. And I'm not saying they love it all the time. I've yeah. had, we've had our miscommunications and yeah. we've had our arguments over the past like 25 years or however long we've known each other. Yeah. Um, but it's really, it's not as exhausting to hang out with people when you know you don't have to be like explaining yourself or you don't have to be like, oh, I like, like, I feel bad for you. You can't tell on my face that I feel bad or yeah. that I'm sympathizing with you, but it's happening. And you don't have to explain that to people who have known you yeah. for so long. So, yeah, in terms of friends, like, I've been good, except for in the world of, like, maybe making new friends. Like, yeah. it's next to impossible to make new friendships when you're just exhausted all the time and you're like, I could go socialize, but... I really don't want to yeah. because you're just so tired. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, I have a lot of friends that I've known for a long time too. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool this last year with some of my close, close buddies, just like being really supportive and, and, uh, yeah, you know, people I've known 20 plus years or even longer. And yeah, it's very cool. It's funny. I did when I did, uh, when I was first looking into all this, and I, I did the um, the AQ test online, like the Asperger's quotient test. I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but from, yep. yeah. Um, yeah. And like I scored, I think 45 out of 50. And then I was like, well, I wonder what, I wonder what this really means. So I, I decided to create, do a control group. And I got three of my best buddies that I've known f for 20 years each to do the test. And they all scored like 19, 20, 21. And then I, that was one of the things that made me go, okay, there's something here, you know, like, yeah. it's not this... actually, um, I think you talked about that on one of your podcasts. And I think right after that, I, I actually sent the AQ test to my friend. Oh, I did you? Like, what are you? What are you <laughs> I don't remember their scores, but it was, it was similar. Like everyone was pretty low, but what I did notice is like, so my sister who has ADHD, yeah. she scored quite a bit higher than anybody else. So I think there is, there's definitely overlap in yeah. some, uh, other neurodiversities with with autism in that regard so. yeah do you do you feel like with you like do you have some adhd traits as well no no, no. i feel like a lot of people are like maybe no i'm very like i'm very like task oriented it's like yeah. once i once i do get around to doing something i yeah like i have to do it like it's yeah. i can sit down i can work on it for a, a allocated amount of time and it's not not usually a problem. I mean, my phone can be distracting, so I just like chuck that. I just put it somewhere else, yeah. <laughs> or it does get distracting. But yeah. if there isn't like an obvious distraction like that, then yeah. I'm usually good. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. How do you find the interplay with you and your sister with like one of you having ASD and one having ADHD? Those must be some fun conversations. Um, It's hard. It's hard to say. Me and my sister, we're, we're very close, even in terms of, I think, of a lot of, like, siblings relatively, but yeah. I'm just, we're just so used to each other that I yeah. don't know that our, like, I couldn't comparatively say that we have, like, these interesting interactions, because to me, yeah. those are just, that's just yeah. how we interact, so 
maybe I'm sure my mom could probably comment on that from yeah. our childhood better than I could comment on it now. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Um, so what's like, how do you, how do you view yourself now? Like as a, you're two years into this discovery process. Um, how do you, how do you like, I guess the greater question, I, I'm always interested in how, how, uh, you know, people kind of view themselves as autistic in the world and how they view, um, autism, you know, like in general, like, you know, uh, as far as acceptance goes or just functioning or all these other things. Yeah. I think one of the, I think one of the biggest things for me is learning that it is learning about the community more, almost more than it's learning about myself. Like once I, cause I know myself very well, like yeah. I can, I can navigate my own, my own issues very easily, but now learning community and learning like what, people with autism are, are needing in out of, um, out of society and what sort of supports are missing there. I I think it's, I think it's really interesting to see what we could potentially get done as more, not everybody likes the term, but as like higher functioning people with autism, what could be done to help people who are struggling to like self advocate and all of that. So I think, for myself learning everything that I have learned so far is just going a route of some solid self-advocacy and just kind of letting, even just letting people within your own life know that right now autism is with people with autism. It's more about acceptance than it is like awareness. Like it's not, you know, it's not cancer. It's not a disease. Yeah. Yeah. it's just a different, um, it's just different brain processes. It's just yeah. different way of thinking. So getting more people to accept that I think is really important. And that's been, I think that's been a big part of like my conversation with people yeah. about autism moving forward. Yeah. It's not like, it's not about seeking out, you know, pity or help or anything like that. It's just like, just understanding and just opening conversation to people. Yeah. You just touched on a few things there that I I definitely want to talk about. Like, there's something like that's one that there all the stuff you just said is the you know really why I wanted to start doing this this podcast is is just to you know have these conversations and I think I mean yeah there's I know there's a lot of uh, what do you call it infighting in the autism community about functioning labels uh, you know and all this and to me I mean I think we need to be able to discuss the differences we need to be able to have conversations around how is it that somebody could be live their whole life and be diagnosed at like 70 and, and live their whole life not knowing and whereas someone else who has more severe autism would be diagnosed as a toddler you know or as a baby it's like we have to be able to have these conversations and i think there's something like you said that is an important role that people who are higher functioning can play is 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 advocating and communicating um 
And, you know, I had an experience, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, it, it's important. And I'll mention it again, because I think it's important. Like I had an experience at my job, there's a person that works there, who works in the back in the in the in the kitchen. Uh, she's a dishwasher. She's young. She is, I don't know what her official diagnosis is, but I'm, I am almost certain she's autistic in, in a in a way more obvious way than I am. And I remember one day, like, and she's, she's, um, she's difficult to work with because it's, it's, she doesn't understand everything. She's kind of like slow to pick up things and you have to be really clear and she's, you know, and she, it is what it is. It's, it's, but she's a good person and she tries her best. And I remember one day overhearing some of the people at work talking about her and saying, and just oh, she's so annoying and blah, blah, you know. And it just really hurt my soul because I just kind of went in my heart. I'm thinking, well, she's me and I'm her. But I, for whatever reason, am like higher functioning, which just means I can hide my autism better, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one thing that uh, I think the general public isn't really aware of. It's not... There's, oh, there's an amazing quote. I think I might have written it down. Um, no, I didn't. I, it was something like, oh, it's, um, it'll come to me. Less severe autism isn't, doesn't mean that it's less severe to me. It just means you aren't perceiving it as severely yes. so that in the general public like there there's people who like stim visibly like they, they'll shake their hands or they'll, they'll rock yeah i'm doing that but I'm, I'm doing it like with my hands under a desk or yeah. i'm doing like i'm chewing yeah. on my tongue yeah. and it's doing the same thing it's coming from the same place yeah. but because it's it's being hidden or it's more socially acceptable behavior yeah. then i'm i'm seen as somebody who's just functioning better and yeah. it's not always the case yeah and i think that's like when you're seen as somebody who's functioning better or not so obviously steaming or whatever it might be then i think that can make it more difficult for people to understand and accept like if you do get to a point where you're getting close to like meltdown or shutdown or you need like lots of recovery time from socializing or other things because people can look at that and just go well you're not that bad why do you you know what I mean like it's it's I find that I've had that conversation with people close to me like in my life where um you know I've been told I'm just like making excuses because I don't want to do something or whatever else and it's like I think there's a there's a sort of a stigma there when when we are hidden in plain sight that then when we express needs they're not understood whereas if if we were more obviously autistic then people would probably i think make more space for that um at least right. that's that's something i think that's unique to the sort of i keep doing air quotes when i say it because i don't want anyone to you know what I mean? Like, if I say yeah. higher functioning, someone's going to be like, don't use this term, you know? Yeah, but, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's like in that moment when they were talking about that girl at work and I just thought, and I stopped them and I said, hey guys, like, you know, she's, 
she's autistic. She needs our support. Like, like she's not annoying. She's trying her best. And yes, it's difficult. And I go back there and talk to her sometimes and I find her difficult to deal with. But yeah. I'm like looking at that going like, so, but I just, I have to have, you know, patience like everyone else does. And it's, it just, it, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky because everybody, I feel like so many people talk, they talk the talk about acceptance and, and all this stuff. But then when it comes down to just like day-to-day life, it's hard to deal with certain people sometimes, you know? Oh, absolutely. I feel even in the, um, like there's a few of like Facebook groups or advocacy groups that I'm a part of. And every once in a while, I'll get a message from somebody like a, like a private message. And it's, it's exhausting because it's like you want to be open and you want to be accepting but some people are just they're difficult to deal with and even I think even within autism community learning how to talk to people that are of a different functioning level as you like I think that's really valuable because like I think the functioning labels aren't I'm not a huge fan of them I use them because a lot of people use them and it's just I don't know how else to phrase it. Yeah. I'm sure somebody will tell me after this. Yeah, but, yeah we'll, we'll both uh, hear about it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, but just trying yourself to not wrap your mind around like, well, I'm high functioning, they're low functioning. Yeah. So how I don't, we can't communicate. It's like yeah. learning a way around that, I think right now for me is really important yeah. because it's, it's something I'm struggling with right yeah. now. That's for sure. Yeah. I've found too, like in, in doing this, this podcast, um, it's been amazing. Like I've gotten emails and, and messages on Facebook from people from all over like Canada, the States, Europe, Australia. Uh, last week, somebody from Kenya, uh, all these people messaging me just saying, Hey, like, we love what you're doing. We, li- I listen to this and it's like, I, I relate. You're talking about my life. It's so cool. And then I get these messages and I message back and I say, Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate your words. Like if you would ever want to have a conversation with me for the podcast, I would love that. And like 95% of them are like, no way. <laughs> like I'm not talking, I'm not being recorded. I'm not comfortable with that. Like, so these are a lot of the times people that, uh, you know, either don't have that comfort level or don't, or maybe have more difficulties in, 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 in speaking or whatever. And they're saying, we love what you're doing. Keep doing it. You're, you're, you're speaking for us. And that's great in a, in a sense of like showing, like getting it out, like what it feels like for us. But, 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 but like, I'm not comfortable doing that. And so I feel like that's sort of solidifying in me, like that this is kind of important work in, in being that I am somebody who is autistic, but I am comfortable speaking in front of people as I, I think you are. And I feel like, well, if I, if I'm comfortable speaking in front of people, then, uh, you know, it's important to do that f- and, 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 and in a way do that for the all the people that that aren't comfortable doing that you know um who yeah may, absolutely yeah yeah and self-advocacy is it's so so huge in the community right now like they're even like in younger members like teenagers everybody is like 
super annoyed because the general public would love they love speaking to the parents of autistic children yeah, yeah. but they won't talk to the actual autistic children they won't talk to them about what they need or what they yeah. what they're looking for and it's it's exhausting because it's like we get it like you're living with somebody with autism but you're not living with that perspective yourself yeah. so it's it can be very frustrating and it's it's one of the one of the big issues right now for um advocacy groups yeah and 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 i think it's, it's i mean there's so much there's so much potential for so much good to come from the, those conversations of like all these people that are adults now that grew up autistic diagnosed or not i mean can it can provide so much insight and information to these parents of like hey i was your kid i know what i mean i'm everyone you know everyone's in an individual but there are certain commonalities that we can we can share and like and and hopefully be able to help you know i yeah, I, I wish that conversation was happening more like you know yeah, I don't know if you've noticed or if you kind of felt this growing up, but it's almost like autism stops existing after 18. Yeah. Like the conversation around it doesn't typically include adults unless yeah. you are talking to autistic adults. So yeah, the supports aren't really there. I mean, I think it has a little bit to do with the fact that, you know, you go to school and, and the kids that did get those extra supports, they had like, you know, they were in your class, but they would go elsewhere. Yeah. And that's, that was your extent of your knowledge of somebody with autism yeah. or with, uh, with functioning needs. So it's bizarre that adult adults with autism are kind of forgotten about. It's almost like it goes away when you're an adult, but it yeah. definitely. Yeah, doesn't, like so. on your 18th birthday, it just disappears or something. Like yeah, it's like, oh, I'm neurotypical, just like that. Yeah. yeah, oh, let's just, you know, if we put the kids through all this therapy when they're kids, then when they're 18, they'll just graduate. Yeah. They'll, gra <laughs> they'll graduate from being autistic. It's like, well, no, it doesn't work like that, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's something, it's, it's funny, like, not funny, um, like a big part of what... I wanted to start getting involved in, in doing this podcast is like focusing on adults, focusing on specifically undiagnosed, self-diagnosed and late diagnosed adults. Like this is because there's not much happening in that space. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it's interesting. Like I, I'll have conversations with people, neurotypical people, and immediately they just go right to talking about kids yeah and absolutely. and i'm just like oh okay like this is just just everybody just thinks like you said it's just it's 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 that's the focus and i mean obviously we need a lot of focus there because those kids need help but but oh, yeah. they're you know it's just yeah i was doing a thing last year where where i was trying to do a little like fundraiser for uh for autism acceptance month in april and like people i was talking to and immediately they were like, oh, yeah, so we can put the money to like this thing or that thing, like this kids thing or this school thing. And I was like, oh, I'm actually trying to like raise some money to support uh, autistic adults. And it was like their faces just went blank, like like as yeah. if as if like I, I was talking about something that didn't exist. You know, it's just it's interesting. Yeah. Do you see yourself as an advocate? Um. Maybe in like a smaller sense, I'd like to, I mean, in the future, I would like to start 
being more involved and being part of some bigger conversations. But as of right now, like, I think it's really important. Like if somebody comes up, like if something comes up in conversation with somebody and they're like misinformed or they're like talking about some things that aren't necessarily true about people with autism, like I'm more than happy to step in and be like, hey, just so you know, like, and try not to be like, you know, rude, like, uh, you know, well, actually, but trying to just, like, well, respectfully, yeah, yeah. yeah, respectfully, like, bring the conversation around and be like, just like, you know, respectfully educating people as I yeah. go. Um, so in, in that sense, I'd like to say I am advocating. Yeah. But on a fairly small scale. Yeah. Right now. For sure. That's funny you said that. Like, I always, I have that, like, one of my biggest fears is, like, whenever I'm talking about something, I always am like, am I coming across like an asshole right now? Like a, like a yeah. know-it-all? <laughs> or I just, or like, you know, when you, like, info dump on somebody and and then, and then I'm like, did I just come across like a total prick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a, one of the, one of the things that my sister, my sister's boyfriend pointed out that. I talk a lot about dogs Do you? <laughs> and I was like, I know a lot about dogs and I, I am a, I'm really bad for info dumping. Yeah. Anything to do with dogs and dog breeds. And it's just, and now I'm like very, very aware of it. It's like, I need to not overload people with information. Yeah. What are your, uh, what are your, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. I'm going to ask what are your favorite dog breeds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the uh, the herding breeds right okay. now. I'm really a big fan of, of uh, Belgian shepherds and oh, German nice. shepherds. And big fan. I've been on a bit of a tirade against the the labradoodle movement. Yes, thank you. Somebody needs to take a stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's out of control. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, my my uh, my mom was a dog breeder. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I grew up with, like, the on weekends, like, the whole family getting dragged to dog shows. And uh, and my grandparents, they had, uh, my mom and my grandparents had, like, uh, Russian wolfhounds and whippets and the whole thing. So that's why I asked. It was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, you're a dog, you're the dog thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, have you seen the movie Best in Show? No, actually. Oh, no, it's pretty funny if you're into, like, the dog show scene or anything. But anyway, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you uh, want to chat about that we haven't got to yet or anything that was on your mind? We're getting kind of down to the last few minutes of... No, I mean, you know, we covered quite a lot of it. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, I want to I, I want to thank you for your for your for your time here. It's it's uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, yeah, um, I was really happy to um have you on as as an individual and also like as a as a woman to hear that sort of different perspective because it's it's I think that's something that it's really important to talk about is is um you know this the fact that um things can appear different in in boys and in girls and and a lot of girls I mean a lot of autistic kids in general get missed but from what I've been reading like more girls even get missed because it's just the way that you know the everything just kind of presents a little differently, but, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that somebody will watch that Tony Atwood video and be like, I know somebody just like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, help somebody out. That'd yeah. Be great. 
I'm, I'm gonna find that on on YouTube and I'm gonna put that in the in the comments. I can, I'll send you the link. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I love Tony yeah. Atwood. He's he's amazing. But I don't think I've seen that one yet, so that'd be really cool to mm -hmm. check out. But um, yeah, yeah thanks so much. Uh, any any final words? No, thank you so much for having me on. It was great. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, we'll keep in touch. And yeah, if you ever want to do this again, we can do it. Will so, do. All right. Thank you. See you. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Ryan again. Thanks for tuning in. That was uh, my conversation with Samantha Dirk. Um, I want to say shout out to Samantha. Thanks so much for taking the time. I very much enjoyed our conversation and uh, look forward to speaking with you again someday. Uh, I appreciate your time again. And yeah, everyone tuning in, thanks so much. Um, please uh, follow us on whatever socials you're on. Um, Instagram at the Life Autistic. Twitter at Life Autistic Pod, Pod, I think, and then Facebook, the Life Autistic Podcast. So find us on there. Please uh, follow, listen, share, all that good stuff. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can contact me directly at the Life Autistic Podcast at gmail.com so the life autistic podcast at gmail.com if you're interested in uh, having a conversation with me with me for the show that would be awesome or just if you have any questions or um, comments or anything you'd like us to talk about uh, i'll be doing a q a coming up soon so i'll be answering a bunch of questions and i've got a few more interviews lined up over the next uh, week or two a few more conversations so um, i'm working on trying to get this going on a more regular basis i'd like to get one a new one up every week um, my schedule is just sort of changing a little right now so i'm kind of juggling a few things but as i settle into a more um, solid schedule um, in the next few weeks uh, i'm going to be planning to just do this once a week and get a new episode up so as always i appreciate you listening i appreciate your comments i appreciate your feedback and i appreciate you sharing the podcast and also whatever podcast app you're using i would definitely appreciate it if you go on there and give us a rating you know five stars whatever it is leave some comments just uh that helps get the word out and if you um are able and willing and would like to support this podcast uh, you can do so as well uh, we'll be setting up a patreon soon or if you want to support it in any way you can always um, contact us at the life autistic podcast at gmail.com and find out how to do so uh, currently we don't do any advertising i just do this podcast um, out of my own time and out of my own pocket and i'm happy to do it that way i love what we're doing i love i love getting to have these conversations and uh talking to all these wonderful people and the feedback i'm getting from all of you all over the world uh the comments and facebook messages and emails i'm getting it's amazing and i really appreciate that that makes it all worthwhile um but you know that being said if you do want to support the podcast uh financially uh i won't say no because uh you know life is real so um you can always reach out if that's something that speaks to you. But uh, in the meantime, just stay tuned. We'll have more uh, coming up in the next week or two. I've got a couple more conversations lined up for the next week. So I'll keep posting those. 
And once again, shout out to Samantha. Thank you so much again for taking the time to do this. Very much appreciated. And all of the uh, books and videos and things that she mentioned, I will be posting in the comments um, on the Facebook page when I post this uh, podcast up. So just look at the Facebook page, look in the comments. We'll put that Tony Atwood video and uh, anything else in there. So, all right. Thanks again, everybody. Talk to you soon. And uh, yeah, reach out and take care. Peace, love, autism. Hey guys, I just realized I had a couple little recordings I made in the car uh, last month when I had my first phone meeting with um, the psychotherapist for my assessment and diagnosis. Uh, So yeah, I'm just going to tack those on the end here. You can check them out, listen to those. um, And yeah, I'm going to do another episode soon where I go more in depth about uh, that conversation. But uh, I just thought I'd tack them on to the end here. There's just a, a, you know, five or six minutes each. So you can check those out if you want. If not, just hit stop now. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Hey, all. What's going on? It's me. It's Ryan. You are on the Life Autistic Podcast with Ryan Summers. Um, I'm in the car right now. So please excuse if there's any noise i got the windows up but there's it's kind of windy out there so there is some noise happening um first of all i hope you're all doing well um yeah trying to get back in this habit of putting this podcast out i've got another one recorded and in the bag that i just have to upload so that'll be coming out soon but today's an important day and i wanted to share it with you so this might just be kind of a shorter one uh just that i'm recording while i'm driving but i am on my way to my first of three assessment and diagnostic appointments. I don't. I guess that's what you call it. The assessment, they call it. So back in like December, January, I made an appointment. Um, somebody told me about the ADHD and ASD Center in Guelph. So I reached out to them, had a, a really awesome phone call with uh, Micheline, who is there she's the administrator I guess who is just amazing uh set up an appointment and then um I had something come up and I had to cancel that appointment I forget exactly why and they're booked pretty far out so we rescheduled for sometime in late March and then we all know what happened there so that uh that appointment quickly uh you know with with the whole shutdown and everything um was canceled um, so anyway, I've just gotten back in touch with them a month or two ago to start rescheduling. So their whole, their center was founded by a person who has ADHD and I believe possibly Asperger's as well. And all of the uh, counselors and doctors and, and, and nutritionists and, and, and therapists and everyone else that work there are all neurodiverse. So this is very appealing uh, for obvious reasons to be going to a center where people are um, not only educated and trained in neurodiversity, but um, are themselves neurodiverse. So the people you're talking to are gonna be people who, you know, have, are on the spectrum or or have ADHD or or other neurodiverse um, brains. So that's pretty cool. So anyway, Today, I have this appointment set up. Uh, it's the first of three. So I guess their di- their assessment process or whatever they call it, I think they call it that, is a three-stage thing. So you have three different appointments 
Um, I believe the cost is somewhere around five to six hundred dollars, uh, but you pay for each appointment individually, like one to two hundred bucks for each one. So I know that's out of the reach of a lot of people, uh, but um, I'm lucky or I, I'm grateful that at the moment I am able to afford that. So uh, I'm going for it because. Um, as so many of you know, uh, it can be really difficult to navigate this path through your family doctor. Um, I made one attempt to do that. It, it didn't really go. It didn't go anywhere. Um, I made another attempt with a psychologist that went somewhere, but not quite where uh, I thought it should. And now I thought, and then I was hipped to this. Uh, Asperger's and ADHD center and I thought well here we go these are the people I want to talk to because they uh, this is what they do so and again that's going back to you know my family doctor like no criticism there it's like you're a family doctor you're not necessarily trained specifically in how to deal with an adult uh, on the spectrum or same thing with the psychologist I went to see again I'm sure she's a great psychologist but not specifically trained in this particular issue and there are differences and there are specific things that are unique to undiagnosed adults adults that have gone through their life without a diagnosis Um, obviously masking is a big part of that and just especially in 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 this age group of you know 30s 40s 50s and up um, you know Simon Simon Cohen the um, you know autism expert in the UK he calls that the lost generation because this is the this generation went through school before this diagnosis was something anyone was even looking at so um, anyway so here we go I've got my first appointment today I was going to just be doing it from home on the computer like on a on a Zoom call or, or Skype or something like that but uh, I had a, a one of my teeth broke. Um, the night before last so uh, I have an emergency dentist appointment I'm driving to right now and it's kind of funny I've got um, my my assessment appointment is on on the phone like a zoom call at 245 but then my dentist could only get me in at five o'clock today uh, and that's an hour from my house so what I'm doing now it's 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 uh it's an hour before my assessment call but I'm driving to my dentists so that I can do this call from the parking lot at the dentist's office and then as soon as the call is done I can go inside and get my tooth fixed um, I broke a molar and it's actually starting to really hurt a lot it didn't really hurt too much for the first you know 12 or 18 hours and then it slowly started hurting more and more and in the last well anyway today it's it's really not feeling good part of the inside of the tooth is exposed uh, but anyway, that's that. This is what I'm doing. I'm on my way. Um, I'm going to have this appointment today. I really wish there was a way I could record it, although obviously I wouldn't do that without their permission. Uh, but um, if I was at home and I was doing the appointment on my laptop, I could maybe record it with my phone, it, with their permission, of course, um, although I, I doubt they would grant that. But, you know, obviously doing it on the phone in my car, I have no way to, other way to record it. Um, but I'm going to take some notes during and I'm going to come back and let you all know how it went um, afterwards. 
So I guess I will call this part one and I will stop recording in a moment and then I will um, yeah, come back after the appointment and add part two and then we can yeah, follow it up there and I'll let you all know how it went. So um, I hope you're all doing well and I guess we'll pause here for some kind of commercial break. And then uh, we'll go from there. All right. Talk to you soon. Love you. Well, I guess you'll hear from me again in a few seconds. For me, it'll be a couple hours. But for you, it'll just be a couple seconds. Okay. Bye. All right. I'm back. Uh, My phone's about to die, so I'm going to make this really quick. But uh, I just, uh, I'm on my way back home. I had my phone meeting with um, one of the doctors from the ADHD and ADASD Center in Guelph. So the whole process is this, sorry, I'm in the car if that's loud, sorry. Um, Yeah, the whole process is this like uh, three part thing. So this was like the initial assessment. It's scheduled for 80 minutes. We got through the 80 minutes. We had a really great conversation. He asked me a lot of really cool questions, connected a lot of dots for me that, um, you know, a couple of them I hadn't really thought of before. And that was really cool. Um, went in depth on a few things. Um, he, he introduced me to a couple concepts that I wasn't really familiar with. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, but as I'm sure all of you listening are well aware now, I have a tendency to ramble on and on and on. And so this 80-minute uh, phone call I had, it was supposed to be a video chat, but uh, since I was in the city, and it wasn't with Wi-Fi, and the video was spotty, so we ended up just doing it as a phone call, which actually I think I preferred. It was kind of better because I wasn't having to like focus on looking at his face. I could just kind of talk, and I'm a pacer when I talk too, so I could like actually just kind of walk and talk. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I I tend to ramble on. Um, I've uh, no, not really someone that comes to a point quickly when I'm speaking um and so the 80 minutes we got to like 70 minutes and he said well hey you know what or we got to like an hour and he said we're not even really halfway through my questions yet so we can basically try to do um sorry just some people were waving at me as I drove by um that's that's life in the country um, on some dirt road. Anyway, he said, so we're at an hour. We got 20 more minutes. We're not even halfway through the questions. So what do you want to do? You can do two things. We can try to just like do like speedy answers and plow through the rest of the questions really quickly. Or we can book another session to finish this. And I just kind of thought about it and said, well, I don't really want to rush this process. I've been waiting a year to do this. I've been waiting my whole life to do this. I don't want to rush this process. So let's, um, sorry, just making a turn here. Let's, uh, yeah, just do like one more question or whatever. And then we'll, we'll jump into it another day. So I've got another appointment booked with him, uh, for two weeks from now. Then I have my, my follow-up, which is the, I guess the actual assess. This is like a pre-assessment. Then I have the actual assessment with another doctor there. That's scheduled for um, a month from now. 
So anyway, the process is happening. It's underway. It's really exciting for me. I had this amazing conversation today with him. It's like he was, you know, he's got a list of 10 questions or 10 traits or something to go through. And we discussed some of them. And it's really cool for me to get to talk to someone who understands this stuff and, and, and go through it. And, and it's really interesting, too, because some of the some of the traits he, he what about this? And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, absolutely. Like, that's a huge factor in my life. Other ones, I'm like, man, not so much. But that's, I mean, this is it. This is the spectrum. This is how it works. It's like that, though, like a like a mixing board in a music studio with the, the different faders that go up and down. And it's like, it's a spectrum of all these different traits. Some are pushed higher than others. Some are lower. Some move based on what you're going through, your stress, whatever. Just like it would with anybody. Your functionality changes with your stress, with your food, with your fitness. Um... Anyway, here I go. I'm rambling again. My phone's down to 2%. I'm going to get off this phone. I'm almost home. Then I can plug it back in again and I can finish putting this podcast together. I'm really excited. I feel really good. I did that that meeting and then I went right into my dental appointment. I have a cracked molar and got that looked at and fixed a little bit. So... Anyway, it's a good day. I feel really good about that meeting. Uh, I was definitely nervous. When I'm nervous, I do tend to ramble a bit. But I was just upfront about that and said, hey, I'm going to ramble because I'm nervous. Or when I caught myself rambling. And um, and anyway, he was really cool. Again, connected a lot of dots for me. Um, we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. I was outside kind of pacing and walking like I do when I did it. So I don't. I didn't really take notes and I couldn't have really taken notes anyway just because of the nature of the conversation. I really wanted to focus on what we were talking about. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to do the next one. I've got it scheduled. I'm, I'm you know, barring any further dental emergency, I, I can do it from home on, on Wi-Fi. Maybe I'll get to take some notes then. Um, I'd like to sort of uh, write down the, the 10 different traits that we were talking about and then maybe write a blog post about those and go into some of the stuff that we had discussed. So there it is. Shit, my phone's at 1%. I got to go. I got to save this before I lose it. Uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. This is The Life Autistic with Ryan Summers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 